Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. Glad that we are, I don't know about you, but I think we fell like off a cliff into winter. Does it feel that way a little bit? Like we were 70 and then we were 30 and it's snowing every single day. You know, it's just like, nope, it's snowing again. Okay, here we go. So it's kind of one of those things. Uh, but we are glad that you're here. So whether you are here physically in the room or you're online and uh, you can see us, but maybe we can't see you thank you no matter how you have engaged or you're with us we're glad that you are with us and so uh, I have a question for you if I were to ask you what is one major thing that you could do to get healthy what would you say think about it what would you say would you say for example would you say oh that's easy exercise I should start exercising. I should do more exercise. I should go hit the gym. I should start lifting weights. I should hit the treadmill. Uh, you know, whatever. I should go so shovel some more snow. You know, whatever the case is, would you say exercise? Maybe you would. Maybe you would say, no, I need to start eating better. Right? I need to eat less. I need to, instead of, you know, uh, eating four cookies, I should only have one. You know, or, or instead of eating, you know, the, the whole can of Pringles, maybe I should go with just the short stack, right? I don't know. Anybody struggle with not eating every single Pringles that's in the can? Like, I just, like, I, I tell myself, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't eat the whole thing. And then after a while I go, well, there's only about 10 left at this point. Might as well finish them off, right? And just kind of one of those things. So maybe eating healthier is how you're going to get healthy. Or maybe adding healthier food, like fruits and vegetables and less carbs, less sugar, all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's how you would say you're going to get healthy. Or maybe you would say, let's get more sleep at night. Or let's stop staring at screens so much because I don't think it's good for health. Whatever it is, what would it be if you wanted to get healthy? How would you get yourself healthy? All right, now I just want you to pause on that question for a moment. Remember that question. And uh, I just want to tell you this. So when I was in elementary school, I grew up in South Dakota. That's where I was when we were in elementary school. And so one of the things that they taught us because I lived in South Dakota was they did a long uh, a lot of history on the wild, wild west. And so I learned about all the different people like Calamity Jane and Wild Bill Hickok. And, you know, he, the, I literally learned they taught us the, the poker hand that he was holding when he was murdered in the number five saloon. Like, I learned that as an elementary school kid, right? Sometimes I look back at my history classes, like in elementary school in South Dakota, I go, that was weird. <laughs> You know, it was just strange. But one of the things I remembered learning in elementary school from that wild, wild west history kind of a thing was they taught us about snake oil salesmen. You guys remember hearing about, learning about snake oil salesmen? So I didn't know all of this, but it's funny that I remember this. They didn't, it's not like they did a whole series on this. I'm sure it was something that the teacher just mentioned one time in one of the classes, but it stuck with me. But snake oil salesmen think of people, usually men, that would go around, travel around with these wagons, and they would sell what they called medicine, but they called it snake oil. Okay, we have a picture. Just kind of imagine something like this scene, right? He's traveling around and, and he says, get your snake oil. I can, I can, you can solve all your ailments. Yeah, rub it on your knees. It's going to take care of that. It's going to solve your asthma, blah, 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 whatever it was. And they sold the snake oil to you know, solve everything. 
Now, what's interesting is, this is more than you need to know, but I'm a, I'm a former history teacher, so I just, I get excited about this stuff. So just, I, I just hope I don't go too down the rabbit hole here. But, but snake oil, the idea did not originate in the United States. And it kind of finished up by being a farce, a, a, a really uh, a scam is what snake oil was. But it didn't start that way. You know where it came from originally? Chinese immigrants that came over to work on the railroad in the 1800s, they brought with them something that they called snake oil. And they literally made this medicine that actually did work. It was, they used it on their joints as like an ointment, as a kind of like a healing for uh, achy joints. And they literally took this oil from the Chinese water snake. Isn't that cool? And so they called it snake oil because it literally was. And it was actual medicine. It worked for them. Now, what happened is some of the people in the United States, when they brought this over, they're like, man, this is a good idea. And so they started creating snake oil. But here's the problem. How many Chinese water snakes live in the United States? <laughs> Zero. There are no Chinese water snakes here. And so they didn't have the ointment, the oil that they could get from the Chinese water snakes. They would have had to go to China, which they didn't do. Right? And so what they did is they claimed that they actually extracted oil from rattlesnakes, which, by the way, if you actually did that, is not going to help you. But that's what they said, and they called it snake oil, and then they would sell this stuff. Now, what we found is the, the, the U.S. government, they discovered, they kind of did some testing on this, and they realized that there was everything you could imagine in these different snake oils except for anything from snakes. Like, I mean, they came up with all kinds of chemicals, and then they would say this heals every aspect of your life. You just need some snake oil, right? Now, you might be saying, well, this is weird. I came to church, and we're talking about snake oil salesmen. Well, here's why I bring that up. So they claim that this snake oil could heal anything. I am not selling you snake oil here this morning, okay? That would be weird. But I do want to make a very bold claim today. And that bold claim is, what I have to offer you, what I have to talk to you about today, my bold claim is that it can heal your body, your mind, your emotions, your relationships, and your spiritual life, your faith. I have something that can heal all of those things. It can make you healthier in all of those areas, literally in every area of your life. And you're wondering, what is this snake oil that you're offering? Well, you may be on to me already, but it's not a tangible thing. Today, I want to suggest that the best way that you can make yourself healthy in literally every area of life is through gratitude. It's an underwhelming kind of a thing, isn't it? Oh, we're supposed to be thankful. I think in the United States, we have downplayed this word and this mentality. I think that our physical ailments, our mental ailments, our illnesses, our relationships, and almost everything that you can imagine that is going wrong has a lot to do with a lack of gratitude. I know that's a bold claim, but here's what I want to do today. So uh, I was kind of looking into all this stuff, and it's interesting. If you would Google 
gratitude and health, if you just Google that, or if you like Google a question like, does gratitude help your health, or how does health effect, is affected by gratitude, all that kind of stuff, you're going to end up with pages and pages and pages and pages of results from Google, not just a page, but multiple pages, that are going to tell you from doctors and psychologists and sociologists and professors and pastors and uh, people that studied this in college and, and universities that did studies on this. And they're all going to tell you the same thing. You know what they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you that gratitude is really, really good for your health. Isn't that crazy? Now, here's the truth. Just because science says something is true doesn't mean that's something that we should always just listen to and follow necessarily. So just because science says gratitude is good for your health is not really why. In fact, let me just say this. A lot of us, sometimes me included, we read an article about something that we discovered in space or something that we discovered about the, you know, the human body and, and how gratitude is, is a good health thing for us. And here's my tendency. My tendency is to think, wow, science figured that out. That's amazing. And in some cases, in some ways, that's true. But can we be honest about something? Sometimes we think that science created these things. When in reality, when we discover, when we read an article about something that science discovered, we should automatically think, wow, so that's how God did it. Cool. And so science tells us something that God has known for a long time, that gratitude is good for our health. In fact, I want to tell you what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That's pretty strong language. This is what, what, what the Apostle Paul is claiming here is that this is not a suggestion, that this is not kind of something that we should just do most of the time if we can. This is a recommendation. This is a suggestion from God. God says, no, this is my will for you to be grateful, to be thankful for who you are, what you have. Now, I understand that this is something that probably right away when you say, okay, we should be grateful, I get it. Can we move on? But today I don't think we can move on because I think we know this, but we don't experience this. Right? Gratitude is something that we know we should be, but we have a hard time being. And so today I want to spend some time asking the question, how does gratitude make us healthy? How can gratitude improve your life? How can gratitude help you be healthier in all areas of your life? Your body, your mind, your relationships, your spiritual, your faith, your emotions. How can gratitude do that? So uh, here's the truth. Uh, what I want to do is I want to give you uh, some main points today, but they didn't come from me. Uh, I was kind of researching this, praying through this, didn't know exactly where we should go with this, what, uh, what we need to do. In fact, gratitude, honestly, was not the original thought today. Uh, and so as we're digging into what maybe we need to get into, I was praying about this, thinking through this, and I was reading some different things, and I came across an article by Pastor Rick Warren. Anybody ever heard of Pastor Rick Warren in here? Okay, yeah, he, he knows what he's talking about. 
Uh, Pastor Rick Warren wrote this really short article about gratitude in our health. And I read it, I was like, wow, that was really good. And then I went on. And then after I was, I was kind of trying to craft like, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about? What, how do you want me to go with this? And all the different things. And, and finally, I just, I kept going back to this article and going, man, that is really good. And so today, what I want to do is I want to give you five main points from his article. Truth be told, Pastor Rick Warren had seven, but the other two, I felt like they were the same point. He did a great job, but I felt like, ah, oh, those are the same thing. And so I kind of squeezed two of them together. Now, truth be told, this is, this, is, this is a really short article. It fit like on my computer screen almost without scrolling. And so he didn't expand on much. And so I'm using his main points, but everything else that I'm going to share is actually not from Pastor Rick Warren. So what I would say today is, if you like these main points today, Pastor Rick Warren gets the credit, okay? Just so that we know. If you don't like these main points, Pastor Rick Warren gets the credit for those. <laughs> Are we good? All right. So here we go. Let's talk about some different ways that gratitude can make us healthier as people. All right. Number one, gratitude improves your mental health and your physical health. Now, if you think about it, that's kind of a bold claim, isn't it? Because mental health and physical health, we know kind of go hand in hand, but we don't always realize how deeply. And so there's been a lot of studies done on this. And what they have found is that we are affected a lot by things like stress. Anybody ever feel stressed? Yeah? Anybody ever feel a little bit of anxiety? Fear about the unknown, fear about something that's happening, fear about whatever. Stress, anxiety, anybody get depressed anywhere, anytime? Anybody ever kind of feel down, kind of feel sad? I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up in the morning and like I'm good to go. And then there are some days I wake up and I'm like, hmm, I'm not feeling it today. Anybody ever feel that? There are some, like I'm, there are some days I'm like, that, that alarm goes off and I'm going, man. It's a good day. I'm ready. I'm ready to get up. Okay, maybe not yet. Snooze one more time. Right, okay, now I'm ready to get up. Okay, and I'm and I'm good to go. And then there are other mornings I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Can I just stay in bed like at least a couple more or eight more hours? Anybody ever feel that way? Sometimes I do. It's not often, but sometimes I do. And so there's this anxiety, there's this stress, this depression. And we've done a lot of studies on this. And you know what they found? They have found that gratitude actually diminishes all three of those things. How cool is that? You want to lessen your stress? You want to defeat anxiety? You want to push depression out of your life? Gratitude might be the way to do it. In fact, they say, a lot of studies say, as much as 80 to 90% of your sickness, of your ailments, of your illnesses, come from stress, anxiety, or depression, or all three. 80 to 90%. You know those aches and pains you have in your body? According to, and I, this is not me, these are doctors and medical staff and all that. They say that up to 80 to 90% of your sickness, your illness, actually stems from anxiety, stress, and depression. <laughs> wow. 
we got to work on that, those three things, don't we? Well, gratitude might be the way. Gratitude might be the best medicine we have. In fact, Proverbs kind of proves this. It kind of says this. Listen to what it says. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart, a grateful heart, is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, my strength is, my, my energy level goes down. Have you noticed that? And my wife knows this. Generally speaking, when I get stressed, on the end of that stress or in the midst of that stress, I'm going to get a cold. And it's like, I mean, almost like clockwork. She's like, it's because you're stressed. Okay, you're probably right. I don't like hearing it, you know, but when she says it, I know it's true because when I'm overly, overly stretched and overly stressed and and just worried about something, then all my mental and my physical abilities are going to that and therefore my body has no ability to kind of keep all that other stuff at bay and I generally speaking, I get sick. It's very obvious. A cheerful heart, a grateful heart is good medicine, but worrying It's going to sap your strength. I love how Melody Beattie, who's an author, puts it. She puts it totally different. Listen to what she says. She says, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. (laughs) I just said gratitude in church. That was awesome. Welcome to Northridge. (laughs) Gratitudes. All right. Let's have some more (laughs) gratitudes. I'm just going to keep going. I'm a typical guy. So I said the word turd. I'm like, I'm rolling with that. And this is online, guys. Isn't this amazing? It's going to live forever on the internet, gratitudes. Okay. Gratitude, let's try it again. Gratitude turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Those are bold statements, but they're actually true. What what she's saying is very simply this. She's saying gratitude gives you sense of purpose and peace in your life. It changes your perspective. It changes how you view yourself, how you view God, how you view people, how you view the items that you have in your life. It's possible that gratitude is the best medicine we have for the human race. Wow. What if doctors just prescribed you gratitude if you came in for a cold? Uh, just need to be more grateful and eat a couple of apples, you're fine. Be weird, right? But the truth is, it's good medicine. All right, number two. Gratitude makes us happy. <laughs> anybody, anybody in here want to be happy? Anybody enjoy being happy? All right. I'll bet we do. We like being happy, right? In in Psalm 126, verse 3, this is what David writes. He must have been in a grateful mood this particular day. David writes this. He says, yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy, he says. Could you just feel the gratitude going on there? And the gratitude led to this incredible joy and excitement. Usually you don't see like exclamation points in the Bible, right? But David's like, yeah, God has done great things. That's gratefulness, right? What joy we have. It's kind of like, 
Uh, my mind is going crazy to hear this morning. But it's kind of like if you're, if you're an elf person at Christmas, you like to watch that movie Elf with Will Ferrell. Anybody like to do that, right? It, it's kind of, this is the picture when I think of pure joy, I think of when he discovers that Santa's going to be in the store. And he's like, Santa! Right? You can picture him, can't you? He's like, He's like, this pure joy just flows out. I know he's just acting, but it's still funny, isn't it, right? And so this is what gratitude does for us. It rises joy. It brings encouragement and brings happiness to our life. In fact, let me, let me just say this. Gratitude leads to happiness, but happiness does not lead to gratitude. Have you ever thought about that? Gratitude leads to happiness, but happiness does not lead. If you're chasing happiness, you know what happiness is? Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is based on what is going on around you. Happiness is based on external forces. Happiness is based on what you have in your hand, what you don't have in your hand. Happiness is who you're with or who you're not with. Happiness is whether or not you got a bonus this year. Happiness is whether or not you got paid yet. Happiness is you're driving this car, but you'd rather have this car. Happiness is based on things outside of you. Happiness is fleeting. It's temporary. It can go away in a moment. Gratitude, on the other hand, is consistent. Life is always going to do this. We need something that anchors us in the middle. And you know what that is? Part of that is gratitude. Being thankful for what we have and who we are. See, gratitude is a choice. Happiness is a result. But what we tend to do as human beings is we tend to chase happiness. When what we need to chase is gratitude. Because happiness tends to kind of go to everything else. Like, for example, um, let's say that I have my heart set on four cookies, but only, there's only one left. Well, I'm not going to be grateful then. You know why? Because my heart was set on the external. I wanted four cookies instead of one. And in fact, I, was, in fact, I do this. I've, I've admitted this before. I sometimes hide things in our home because the rest of my family are vultures. They, they do not savor. Th- you understand that I am a crockpot. I savor things. So if we have, if my wife makes cookies, I've got to tuck a few of those away. You know why? Because the rest of my family be like, mm, cookies, rah, 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 rah. And they're gone before the end of the day. And I'm like, man, we could, that could have lasted this whole week. Like one or two a day, we would have been good. And that's what I look forward to. And I save. my family knows this. I savor things. I look forward to them. And yet, most of the rest of my family, they're like, mmm, sugar, <laughs> might as well ingest that right now. I'm like, man, I just got home and there's nothing left. And so sometimes my happiness deals with the external. How many of you are, are really frustrated that you have an iPhone 13 because there is now an iPhone 14? Oh, the iPhone 13 sucks. Oh, it's so bad. I mean, you look at the pictures in that thing. I mean, it's ultra high definition pictures, but they could be a little bit better. Especially in low light. 14 is so much better in low light. I have to have that. 
Happiness is fleeting, isn't it? In fact, our culture does really well at, at promoting this whole, you're not content, we have something better. Right? That's Our culture is really good at that. Gratitude is something that goes through the middle and makes you happy, not because of what is going on around you that may or may not be good, may or may not even be what you want. Gratitude is the thread that says you're good regardless. I love what Douglas Wood says. He's a children's book author. He says, the heart that gives thanks is a happy one, for we cannot feel thankful and unhappy at the same time. Mm, that's good. Children's authors sometimes, let's be honest, they know where it's at. All right, we got to keep moving on. Number three, gratefulness is the antidote to greed and evil, or we could also say selfishness. It's the antidote. It's the antithesis. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, the Apostle Paul actually explains this. He says, you guys have heard me quote this many times, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and, what does it say? Thank Him. One of the biggest parts of your prayer should be gratitude. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. It will give you health, is what that's saying. You will have health. You will be guarded in your health because you are grateful as you live in Christ Jesus. Who knew that gratitude was the foundation for all of life? But it is. Being grateful is the antidote. What, it, what being grateful does is it changes our focus from what, you know, what we have or what we don't have to what we have and that it's good. Uh, you guys have heard the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side. You guys have heard that? You know why we say that? Because we all know we should be grateful, but the grass does look greener on the other side. You know, and we look at that. And what gratitude does is it shifts our focus from staring at everybody else's yard and looking at our own yard and saying, yeah, but my yard has holes. But my yard, my dog, you know, poops in my yard. They don't have a dog. Right? And we start looking at their yard and we're like, oh man, their yard is so just, mm, look at that. It's clean, it's cut nice, it's so green. I wish I had their yard. Gratitude, you know what gratitude does? Gratitude shifts your focus away from everybody else's yards and it puts it back on your own to say, okay, at least I have grass. And maybe... Maybe I should work a little bit harder on my own yard. And then I could even be more grateful for the grass that I have and the, the poo that I get to pick up. See, gratitude, it was relevant. Because neither one of those were in my notes. Gratitude shifts our focus from looking at and worrying about everybody else and focusing on what we need to be about and what we have and who we are and who the people are that are in our life and so that we're not worried about comparing ourselves to everybody and everything else. Gratitude shifts our focus back to where it should be, which is on us and our relationship with God and our relationship with the people around us. 
It stops you from saying or thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Because who cares if the grass is greener on the other side? Gratefulness says, your grass is just fine. Keep working on it. You'll get there. Gratitude brings us back to the focus that we need to have. I love what Germany Kent, a journalist, once said. You guys notice there's a lot of quotes out there about gratitude? Have you noticed that today? Man, I just kept coming across them. I'm like, that is so good. Germany Kent says this. He says, it's a funny thing about life. Once you begin to take note of the things you are grateful for, you begin to lose sight of the things that you lack. We don't... Here... I've been so far off my notes so many times. Okay. You know what? Here's a theory that I have. The theory that is this. I think when we hear a quote like that, we know we're supposed to believe it, but we don't like it. Because what I said about the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 14, let's be honest, we laugh at that because we all know it's kind of true. I'd much prefer to have the 14 than the 13. I'd much prefer to have the 12 instead of the 7. I'd much prefer, like, uh, my car is pretty decent, but man, I'd love to have XYZ car. How many of you looked at Teslas with envy in your heart when you saw the doors come open or the screen come out and you're like, oh, and you caught yourself. You had to wipe the drool from your face. Right? Sometimes, let's be honest, we know what Germany Kent just wrote, that when we start to take notice and we're great, grateful for what we have and who we are, then it starts to kind of take our focus off what we don't have. In our minds, we're like, mm, that's good. And what we really are saying is like, but I don't want it to be good because I really want to chase all this stuff because it's really cool. Gratitude grounds us. Back to where we need to be. Number four. You guys understand, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep moving forward here. <laughs> Gratitude improves relationships. Now, I don't, I don't feel like we need to spend a long time on this one. I really don't. In fact, let me just prove this really quickly, really easily. You guys know I've asked this before. But how many of you, by raising your hands, would be willing to admit you love hanging out with and spending time with selfish, entitled people? You love it. It's your favorite thing. Nobody in here. Okay. Seriously. Like, if you, want, if you do, I'd, I'd love to know it. All right? And I'd love to know why. Because you're weird. <laughs> Right? I mean, how many of you have a person in your family or a friend, uh, you know, that you tend to go out to dinner with and all kinds of stuff, and you know before you go, you're paying for dinner? Like, you just know it. You know you are. It's given. Right? Because they only take. How many of you are like, you just look forward to going out with that person all the time? I love just, I love that the fact that they suck me dry. It's amazing feel like a shriveled up prune when I'm done with them. This is wonderful. Probably not. You know why? Because gratitude, believe it or not, is the basis for all relationships. Because gratitude and trust all go together. They do. They go hand in hand. 
In fact, if you think about, just to, in fact, do this for just a moment. Think about some conflict that you have had, maybe right now, maybe in the past, with family, with friends, with neighbors, whoever. Just think about conflict that you've had. Now, I want you to think about why you have conflict with them. My guess is, for a lot of us, for a lot of that conflict, it centers in some way around gratefulness or the lack of. Somebody said something, somebody did something, and somebody wasn't so grateful for it. Or maybe somebody said something because they weren't grateful for you or what you did, and all they had to do was criticize. And it started you down a bad path. Gratefulness helps our relationships be healthier. I love what Brene Brown says. I don't know how many of you love what she has to say, but she talks a lot about transparency, humility. But she says this. She says, what separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. In fact, let me just ask you this. Anybody see entitlement in our world today? Anybody? Just a little bit. You know what would change that? Gratitude. Gratitude changes entitlement. Entitlement to a privilege. To say this is not something that you just deserve. This is something that maybe had to be earned or had to be bought with a price. Sometimes even life. We need to be grateful. I love what Tecumseh, who is a Shawnee chief, once said. He says this. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. Ouch! That one stings. But, but it, let's be honest for a minute. If you are ungrateful... It's not anybody else's fault. I love you, but it's not anybody else's fault. If you're ungrateful, it doesn't mean it's because somebody did steal that last cookie. Gratefulness has nothing to do with them. Gratefulness has nothing to do with what you got or what you didn't get or what you did get. And by the way, on the other side of that coin, if you're extremely grateful... Because life has been so good, that's good, but just make sure that it's not happiness in disguise. Right? Gratefulness is something that lies within us. It's a choice that we make. Your parents can't make it for you. Your kids can't make it for you. Your pastor can't preach it into you. Gratitude is something that you have to choose to be. It's a decision. It's a standard. All right, one more. Last one. Number five. Gratitude is evidence of Christ living in you. Eh, it's kind of a big one. Gratitude is is a marker. It is evidence. It's a flag. It says, hey, this person is sold out. This person is following Jesus. This person is all in with God. Gratitude is evidence that that is true. By the way, it's also evidence 
when it's not true. Lack of. Listen to what Colossians 2.7 says. It says, let your roots grow down into him, into God, into Jesus, and let your lives be built on him. Then, if you do that, if you drive your relationship with God through Jesus deeper, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with what? What are you going to overflow with? With thankfulness, with gratitude. You're going to overflow with gratitude. The deeper you go with Jesus, the more grateful you are. The closer you are with Jesus, the more thankfulness you have. The closer you are to God, the more you realize everything you've been given came from God. It's about recognizing where the good stuff in life comes from. Have you ever, um, have you ever talked with a follower of Christ who just got really, really bad news? but it doesn't seem to shake them. Have you ever done that? I've, I've talked to a lot of people when they just got awful news and it seems like their joy is unshakable. You know what that is at the core? It's absolute gratitude. It's gratitude. It's being thankful for what we have Thankful that even in spite of the fact that we don't have whatever X, Y, Z. Thankful for the good that we do get to experience. I'm just, I'm just amazed at people like that, followers of Christ that have driven those roots so deep that their joy just, it transcends, it goes above and beyond the things that are happening around them. It's okay, by the way, just, that's not an indictment against us if, if we tend to get down or we tend to struggle with things. Hard news is hard news. We're going to be human. You guys, I've, I've kind of struggled a bit in front of you guys the last year, year and a half. It's okay to be real. But there also needs to be this level of gratitude as a foundation underneath it. The joy that's unshakable because the roots go so deep with Jesus. It's recognizing where the good comes from and being grateful for that. There's an old Vietnam, Vietnamese proverb that says this, when eating fruit, remember the one who planted the tree. Remember where all the good in this life comes from. It comes from God. All the evil, all the negative, that comes from sin and a broken world. That didn't come from God. All the good in this world came from God. And so here is the last bit of truth that I want to share. If you're chasing happiness, if you're waiting for something to happen in your life to be happy, then I just have some hard truth for you. You're going to go through the rest of your life unhappy. You will. 
If you're ungrateful now, if you're unhappy now with where you are and all that stuff, then, then you're going to be waiting to be happy until whatever it is. Because, just think about it for a moment, think about what would make you happy. Once that's achieved, what's next? Where does happiness end? Once we achieve this, if I have, if I have you know, this amount and then I achieve that and then I have this amount, then it never stops. What gratefulness does is it stops the happiness train. And it says, what you have now and who you are now Let's be grateful for that. Let's be grateful for what's in the future. Let's be grateful for what this is and this and this and this. If you're waiting to be happy, stop waiting. Be grateful. And it will make you happy because you'll realize, you'll start seeing the good that is there right now got to take our focus off of happiness and start chasing gratitude which then will bring happiness to us so which one are you chasing this morning are you chasing happiness or are you chasing gratitude my suggestion is and no it's not snake oil my suggestion is chase gratitude. It really does and will change your life. And by the way, it's God's will for you. It's God's will. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it is easier for me to, it's easier for me to focus on what everybody else has, what everybody else is able to do, what they're good at. And it reminds me of what I'm not good at. But God, ultimately, we need to live in this reality, this understanding that, that you are enough. That you are everything that we need. That you love us. And that we can be grateful for whatever our reality, whatever our situation, whatever our moment is right now, that we can be grateful and that gratefulness will help us to change our perspective and see that you, God, are all we need. You are enough. God, you know that I've, I've prayed this in the privacy of my own thoughts and prayers. I pray that our nation, that our people would learn that gratitude, we have it so good here, that gratitude is the way to health. 
So help us to change our mindset. Help us to change our focus, change our view, and to be grateful for what we have and who we are and the people who are in our life now. And help us to continue to walk forward in thankfulness, in gratefulness for who you are in our lives. Remind us that you are enough for us. Help us to chase gratefulness rather than happiness. Because if we chase gratefulness, you're going to give us both. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us first. Pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen.